previously on the Simply Human podcast. Did a, did a mile in the pool and uh, the in guy the next to <laughs> 10 billion laps in the baptistry equal one mile. And the great thing is I have those waders on that you're supposed to wear with the baptistry. Oh. <laughs> it provides extra resistance when you're wearing the gown and the whole nine hours. You're just flailing around in the baptistry, jumping from one end to the other for like an hour. It's episode 119 of the Simple Human Podcast. With your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can be more like a human today. On today's show, we interview Michael Tamez. He is an author. He is a coach. Uh, He has an amazing story. Uh, That is coming up. We have humans being human. It's a moderately funny edition with our good friend Nell, who was on just a few shows ago and told the resilient prankster story. She is on to tell her story about... A mouse, and we wrap up with our simple human today. How are you, Rick? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I did not realize how horrible I sounded last week. The other day, yeah, I, it was man. Crazy. Like when I went to edit the show on Monday, like my, I was in the kitchen and Jen was in there like making dinner or something, and she was like, "What is that from?" Like she was playing that over. Like it's like. It's episode 118. Like it was Bob just. Bob Ryder's coming to you from the bottom of the submarine. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was that was rough, and that, and that was you like. Still have a little bit yeah. of it going on. Oh, it's it, like I and I uh, that night. Remember, I was like, oh, I feel fine. It's just congestion. Well, that evening, I got like a fever and was basically in bed for the next two days. Thanks a lot, disgusting indoor hotel Blood pool. Don't Do what? Well, you're cutting out. You're out of every. Why am I cutting out? I'm not connected to Wi-Fi. Anymore. I don't know. I'll tell you when we move and we have better Wi-Fi, you're going to be very happy about. Okay, that. good. Maybe I can start paying you more. Um, yeah, about time. So um, I have. Can I fu- tell you about the Hitler joke I heard in open court yesterday? Oh yeah, you texted I me. I forgot about to that. tell you about this. Jeez. So I'm in. Tri- this is real short. I'm in trial yesterday on a DWI from like three years ago, uh, and the defense attorney, pretty common, they're going to go through the three. Uh, the standardized field sobriety test. The first one is like basically the one where you're watching the guy's finger, the cop's finger. The next one's when you walk down the line and turn and walk back down. The third one is the one you stand on one leg. Everyone's seen all of them on TV. Well, he's talking about the walk and turn test, and uh, he's trying to be charming and funny for the jury because it comes off real crappy when you like attack a cop on the stand, especially one that appears to have credibility. So he's trying to be a little bit witty and kind of funny. And so oh, 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 I'm smiling a little bit. And he's like, all right, next we're going to go to the walk and turn. And I like to call this one the Hitler test. Oh, <laughs> you know, because you know, the, the walking like like the dead. And everyone's <laughs> looking at me and I literally just went. Huh. I know it's. Now that I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't call it that. And it was Jeez. like the most tension-filled moment in an American courtroom since OJ tried on the glove. <laughs> it was so wild. Gosh. I was like, "Oh my god, hang on, let me record this on my phone." And can you say that again? No one's gonna believe you said that. <laughs> By the way, we end up losing at trial. Which, uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Hmm. Juries are the worst. Well, I was on a jury once. Well, um, you're probably an idiot. <laughs> add that to the bragging montage. <laughs> I was on a jury yeah. once. Okay, so it's interesting. We actually recorded with Mel before recording this, and she came on and told she tells a story you're going to hear in a few minutes about catching a mouse and something that I guess happened to her. She an exposure of sorts. Leave it at that. Right, right. Leave it at mouse story. You're so, gonna Mark Rogers this thing and give well, it all away. Okay, that's the other thing I have to tell you after this real quick is uh, okay. my, my daughter has th- that syndrome. 
And, God. I'll, and I'll explain that in a second. So um, it's autoimmune. Okay, just kidding. Um, so there are, okay, we live like the very farthest house north and east in the Abilene city limits bragging montage. So, Damn it, I was just yeah, going to say that. When I, when I mow my <laughs> grass, I'll just take the grass clippings. Instead of bagging them up and hauling them out, I just dump them over the fence. Because there's nothing back. You know, you can field. get like a kit for your lawnmower where like it mulches it automatically. I haven't used a bag in years well, and it just – I to add that to the montage. Yeah. But like it just kicks them out and you can't even tell. Well, like our, our grass is super lush and thick. And so um, – Man, this is the most bragging yeah. montage segment ever. So I've tried the mulcher and it's just – like especially in the backyard, like when the kids come running out right afterwards and they start – there's grass clippings and stuff. So I just dump them over the fence. Well, oh, okay. So that's, that's – Fine. Yeah. yeah. So illegal dumping. Yeah. Well, over the last like five years, there's quite a lot of grass clippings back there, huh. and so it's created. I want you to take a picture of this, by the way. Well, I, I went, I went back. So this is the deal. So it was kind of piled up, like halfway up the fence in some places. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the perfect mouse nest, right? <laughs> so I've known that there. My, my dog. I have two beagles, and I, I've, they're, they're back there. Like they just run back to this one spot. One day, I actually saw a mouse come through the hole in the fence and then go back out. I went and got my pellet. So okay, so here's the deal. Like live and let live, all that. But those mice are rabbit food or snake food, and we got a lot yeah. of rattlesnakes. And so I, I would have no problem, and yeah. I'm not exactly like a super, uh, you know, PETA person, but I have no problem shooting a uh, a mouse with okay. a pellet gun. Okay, good. Okay, so, you know, I would that just seems perfectly reasonable. Okay, so I went and got the pellet gun. It, you know, it had gone back away. So I was last like Saturday. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna get like I have this. Uh, it's like a hoe. It's got a hoe on one end with like these uh, hmm. a double prong. Like fork on the other side. Is that you so? Know what I'm a talking about? double hoe fork prong. Hmm. hmm. So anyway, so I go back there and I start like like breaking up this grass and I'm, I'm like spreading it out. I'm kicking it over. Well, there's mice. I, I see it no less than four mice like <laughs> jumping around and, and scooting out. And and my my beagle Roger Roger Rogers. Shut up. Uh, he is like <laughs> super hunterman dog hunter dog, and he is like. Going. I we coined that word like a hundred episodes ago. Hunterman? We still use it. Yeah. So Hunterman. he's going crazy. Well, I'm trying to get. I finally get I kind of trapped this one mouse, and I'm going through and and I, I'm trying to corral it like back into the fence, so under the fence where the dogs are, because I know like they'll get it, you know. So I get the first mouse, and I'm kind of I'm using that hoe, and I'm going back and forth, and I, I finally get him to go through his little <laughs> hole. <laughs> what? Through his little hole. So I'm using that hoe and I'm going back and forth. <laughs> like, Mark, just say garden tool. Shut up, a garden tool. So, well, the, I don't hear the dogs. And I'm thinking, they, they, who let them in? I'm out here trying to get these dogs. They're not making a sound. You want to know who let the dogs in. Right. So I go I go running around the fence to like let the dogs in before this mouse can go back under the fence. And I get back there and Roger has it in his mouth. Mm. And he's just slowly chewing on it. And as I walk up to him... Just squishing him like a giant furry grape. As I walk up to him, the tail is hanging out of his mouth, and you can hear... It sounds like he is chewing pretzels or something. It is just like... God, and I was like, so he's caught a mouse before, but he's he'll let him. He just like after he kills him, I'll go over there and like get throw it over the fence or something. Well, before I could even like get over to him to say, oh hey, all right, get away here, give me that thing. He swallowed it. 
Like that sounds like, very gross. like spaghetti, the tail and everything. Well, there was another mouse back there, so I go back there, and, and this mouse, I couldn't get him to go through the hole, so I got him in between those two fork prone things and like, like flung him over the fence. <laughs> like, so imagine if that was like a human. That's like a height of like, you know. <laughs> Six stories or something like over the fence. <laughs> the equivalent <Yeah. laughs> to your body. Limit. Yeah. So the spouse is like, <laughs> like over the thing and right into. I thought maybe it would be like a you know a chase or something. Roger's like, boom, got it. And before I could get around there again to try to get away from him, he swallowed that one whole too. Man, I know. What a it, savage! I know. And he was just like it's looking a at me. Beagle. Like, it's not like a uh, yeah. you know, like you have a dire wolf. In your <laughs> right. House. And so, like, we left him outside the rest of the afternoon because we just f- figured he was gonna have like diarrhea or, or like something. He's got two full huge mice and in his just, mouth. His turn is... was just gonna look like a big brown <laughs> mouse, <laughs> like a chocolate, <laughs> in the shape, in the shape of a of a mouse, like an Easter hey, bunny. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so there were more back there, but I, I they've gotten away or whatever. So I, I went back there and kind of scattered the grass. I'm sure I, I'll go back there again and try to get them. But man, those mouse, those those mouse, those mice had no idea the kind of monster that is living in our fence. But of course, Rudy, the super fat beagle, is just looking over. Yeah, the he's not catching anything. Yeah, he, except for dog diabetes. Yeah, he's like the out of shape Rocky trying to catch the chicken in the in the yard. There's no way he's going to catch the mouse. Um, okay, so real quick before we get to Michael, yes. Hope, uh, my my five year old has the giving giving it away, giving a joke away syndrome. I'm afraid. Hmm. So we had some kids, some friends over. Like we have some friends, they brought their kids over. They also have two girls and a boy, and they left their kids at our house. They went to go eat dinner and then came and picked them up. We have this, you know, we do this with some friends and stuff. So there's like all these kids at our house running around. We were playing hide and seek in the backyard. Well, I've got this wheelbarrow in the backyard, and it's upside down because it's been raining, and I, I didn't want it to collect water from mosquitoes, or whatever. So I've got it upside down. Well, I got my six year old like during one of the hide and seek. You know, while we're hiding, I get her like get under the wheelbarrow and she's under the wheelbarrow, you know? Well, the kids won't just go run and hide off. Their, they they want to all be in one place. And I'm like, you guys, you're not understanding the concept here. So the seeker, you know, it's like, all right, ready or not, here I come. So she comes around the corner and, and uh, I'm hiding behind like the little garden hose thing and Halen is like in the corner of the fence just standing in the open, you know? And, and so she finds everybody and then... And I'm like giving like this shh to hope, you know? Like, don't tell. You know, we're, we're all kind of standing around the the wheelbarrow and the seeker is like where's Halen you know so she's gone looks in the shed she looks behind the shed she goes around the other side of the house and we're all laughing or whatever so she comes back and I said Audrey do you give up and she goes no I'm still gonna look and Hope goes she's not under the wheelbarrow <laughs> and of course she goes immediately over and opens the wheelbarrow and I, and she, and I was like Hope I was like laughing you know like and Hope. she's covered with mice yeah <laughs> and Roger ate six more mice well and I was like I was like Hope I kind of bent over and started laughing you know like she was like what I said she w- was not under the wheelbarrow like she, <laughs> she she didn't understand like that I absolutely gives it away so I was like well she's got it I'm sorry she's not gonna be a good prankster but anyway all right let's get to our interview with michael go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com like us on facebook we're almost to 2100 facebook likes i'm almost to a thousand instagram followers uh which is kind of cool so i've been trying to be a little bit more active on instagram 
uh, I posted a, uh, a sarcastic... Grammon, as the kids call yeah, it, by the way. I, uh, I posted a sarcastic... Grammon all over the bottom. Yes, I, I posted a sarcastic breastfeeding picture uh, earlier this morning, so go check that out. Um, hashtag sarcasm, hashtag breastfeeding. Um, and uh, Twitter, at SimplyHuman52. That's the Instagram, at SimplyHuman52. Uh, send us an email at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com, simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. And I have, regarding one of our sponsors in the hot dog segment, I have an exciting announcement, which we're going to get to. So let us get to the interview with Michael. We talked to him about his birthday. We guess his birthday. We, we don't we don't get it right. Um, his story. Is that going to be a new bit that we do I, for every guest? I think we so. We take one turn yeah. until we finally land on one. We're going to so get I'm one. Like, oh. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, eventually, I think. Yeah, surely. We're, it, it takes it takes 20 seconds. No no big deal. Okay, people like talking about their birthdays. Uh, we talk about how the scale is a thief and a liar. How to go from change to transformation. Owning who you are. Crying men. So Rick was really. Uh, 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 You've derailed. I've derailed. I don't know what you're gonna say, Mark. Hey, Rick associates okay, is uh, I can't think of the word. This is really driving me crazy. It's all the mucus in my brain and learning from life. Here's Michael. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, pleased to welcome Michael Tamez to the show. He is a certified integrative health coach, a published wellness author. Michael has uh, has an incredible story. Uh, he's lost over 100 pounds in his health journey. And uh, his mission, I love this, is to inspire a permanent shift in the way people eat, think, feel, live, and love. Phonetically, it's spelled lowercase t-u-h dash capital M-E-Z. Michael Tamez, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Mark and Rick. It's a pleasure to be on the show. All right. Uh, this is something new that we're going to start doing with all our, our guests. Um, is your birthday April 17th? Nope. Uh, I'm going to go with September. Not even close. <laughs> September 19th. That's closer. Uh, <laughs> December 5th. <laughs> December 5th. No, 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 no Mark. You said, two, you said two guesses. What is it, Michael? It's October 3rd. Dang it. I oh, went. So, so, yeah, yeah, you were. Well, I, I was going to say we each get two guesses, but, you know, I change, no. uh, whatever. So, I guess not. No? Okay. October great, great 3rd. I try, to, yeah. <laughs> I, try to bring, I try to bring the balance with my Libra side, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rick, I don't know if you know this. Rick is a leap baby, a leap day baby, which Uh-oh. is s- super crazy. Um, uh, ludicrous. I had a friend that was born Rapper ludicrous. Day. You had what? Oh, really? You you also have a friend? Everyone, I think, yeah, has I one had, yeah, leap day friend. friend. It's like, man, I can only celebrate my birthday every four years. Yep. That sucks. <laughs> one last thing on birthdays. Uh, I recently found out that Ariana Grande and I share a birthday, which I was very happy about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> moving, moving on. Michael, uh, you actually emailed me, and I started looking into your story and was like, we got to have you on. So uh, first, let's just start with your story. Tell us... Uh, Tell us your story. How about that? Simple as that. That's um, simply human, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I'm simply human living here, and so are we all, everybody, right? Right. So, so uh, long story short, because it is a long story, and that's why I wrote, I wrote a whole book about it. Um, I met a girl and found, fell in love in my junior year in high school. So, mind you, this is like 17 years old. And she had a child and I raised the child like it was mine and I found out she was cheating me on me the whole time and the child wasn't mine. So that really created a very depressive state in my life and I just didn't care anymore and I just ate whatever. I ballooned. I gained like 
70 or 80 pounds in like a year and a half. And, and through that, because of becoming obese, I also developed a sleep apnea and I had gum disease from that, from not taking care of my body. I, I really, I had terrible dental hygiene. I didn't even floss. I rarely brushed. So I had a lot of health complications going on and I smoked like a pack a day too. So it was like, I had all these strikes against me and I was striking out with my health. So I got to the point where I need to, I need to do something here. Otherwise I'm going to have, I don't know. I was scared. You know, I was only yeah. 19 at the time Golly. when I was diagnosed with sleep apnea and all this was going on. I didn't even realize it. So what, when you and, said you gained like 70 or 80 pounds, like what was the, like, what did you, what were you weighing about at this time? I'm five, eight. So I was weighing, I got to my highest ever at, Right of almost two fifty. It was like two forty eight, two forty nine, at five eight. So yes, about a hundred or so pounds overweight. Yeah. So you know, I got to that point, and I got winded doing everything: walking up the stairs, tying my shoes. You know, any normal activity, I would get winded, and that is not healthy at a at nineteen twenty years old. Yeah. And I don't think that's healthy at very many ages, but especially yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it, being at that age, you know, I was scared. I was scared because it was like, okay, well, I have this illness now called sleep apnea. I was like, well, what the hell is this? And well, basically what it is, is you stop breathing during the night yeah. and you wake up gasping for air Ugh. and it's horrible. And I had to sleep with a, um, a mask on my face called the CPAP machine and it forces air down your throat while you're sleeping. So you don't have these uh, choking episodes and you get some incredible sleep, but you still have to address your, your, uh, nutritional and uh, lifestyle imbalance you know it, the machine helps but it's only like medication a cover-up or a band-aid to to you know alleviate your symptoms so i knew that i had to dig deeper into that so i started researching nutrition i started learning everything i possibly could man i became a sponge for, for now, like, so we so we'll have a reference point. What year is this about? Because okay. the, we we, yeah. we talk a lot about how there was a pretty big shift within the last uh, 10, 15 years or so, maybe a little bit sooner of uh, when we started like gotcha. learning more about what's actual legitimate nutrition. So, what year is this that we're learning things? That is that is that is absolutely. I was and that's that's a good concept because <laughs> this all happened right around that time, right around the early two thousands, late nineties. Okay, so. When I realized that I had, knew that I had to make a change, it was 2001, and I was the heaviest I ever had been. It was almost, like I said, almost 250, and I said, okay, either I'm going to get really sick or possibly die or have a stroke or a heart attack because I'm morbidly obese here, and I am like snoring when I'm breathing, basically, and I just started working out, reading labels learning about nutrition, doing everything, learning everything I possibly could. Just my mind became a sponge for all this information because right around that time is when a lot of, uh, a lot of these, uh, fad diets and stuff popped up all over the place. We had, you know, all these diet pills and stuff and a lot of the low carb craze and the low fat craze. And I didn't want to buy into any of that stuff. I didn't want to go on the next fad diet. I wanted a lifestyle transformation. And I didn't, I couldn't find it in any of the diet books and any of the nutritional approaches. So I got fed up. So I created my own approach to, hmm. to healthy and balanced living. And it's, and the approach involves shifting our awareness or shifting our concept of 
stop trying to change things. You know, you can't change, you, you change something, you know, you, you can change it. It goes back, it comes forth. I change in my pocket. I spend it. I change my socks and underwear, you know. Well, really some of us change no. our underwear. Others well, some don't. Of us, yeah, some of us do. <laughs> but to say, your uh, Mark Rogers is like, huh? Like, has the cocker spaniel look on his face, like changing underwear. Oh, did you ever change your underwear? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we have derailed him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you think about that, like, change comes and goes. But when you look at transformation, that's taking it to another level because when you transform your health, or you transform your life, there's no going back to the original state that it was in before the transformation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I love that. Uh, so two well, two things very quickly uh, that, that strike me as very interesting with what your last statement. Number one, you came to this realization at like 19, 20 years old, which mm -hmm. – uh, yeah, I guess there's probably a lot of people like around that age that, you know, oh, I'm going to get ripped because I'm going to spring break and stuff. <laughs> but very few people have the idea that – I need to reverse course from what I'm doing now or I'm going to be dead soon. That's usually feels like something that happens to people when they're like late thirties, early forties, maybe fifties. Right. So it's interesting that you had that revelation so early on to where you still have, you know, uh, your youth on your side, you know, I'm late thirties now. And so, uh, I feel like I have to work twice as hard for half the gains. If I would have just had this, all this information now, 15 years ago, it would have been uh, magical, but had this when your body was still basically your hormones are still good like you're still young you can still uh make that change really quickly and the other thing that you said that i want you to expound on is that this was primarily a oh a mindset change it sounds like for you it was less about oh, i'm gonna get in good shape and more Definitely. about i'm going to completely metamorphosize and never come back the caterpillar turns into a butterfly it doesn't turn back into the caterpillar ever right. is that i guess was that where you really turned the corner hard yeah definitely it's more of a when you look at it i didn't realize that and this is this is a powerful concept i wasn't holding on to weight i was holding on to emotions i was i was angry and pissed off from that relationship like she cheated on me you know i i was mad i was upset i was angry so i stuffed my face because i didn't want to deal with the emotions that came up around that you know what i'm saying and the yeah. only way I knew how to do it was to reach for the reach for the cookies and reach for the potato chips and reach for the french fries and the junk food and the soda pop and all that stuff you know yeah the other and, the other thing I like about this is like how like how many books are out there how many websites and how many podcasts and how many things have we all listened to this is an approach that I haven't heard, you know, and it's like, it's like, oh man, this is great. Like the whole transformation, that whole analogy. It's refreshing, but, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, and that's, you know, <laughs> a lot of times like you, you know, you might've already done something and then, and then once you, I don't know, once you put like a description on it, it makes more sense and it gives it some, some validity. So yeah, I love the, this whole trans, the transformation idea. Michael, what was the way that you, tra like, we, uh, that's kind of like a bigger picture, like the idea of completely transforming. What was the mechanism that you used to do that? Like, uh, did you count calories or did you like, uh, how, what, what I'm saying is how did, how did you, what was your methodology? The methodology. And, and that's interesting that you brought up counting calories because in, I have a chapter in my book that, that goes into detail about why you should count chemicals instead of calories hmm. because the chemicals actually can cause more damage than than high calories. And I and I can get into that later or you can check out my book. It's a whole it's a whole area of fascination for me and and people are obsessed with counting calories and yes, 
obviously the le- le- less calories in, more physical activity out, you're going to lose weight, you're going to burn fat, you're going to gain muscle. But when you look at it from a whole um, a holistic perspective, it, for me, I got to the point where I said, okay, there's, there's an approach that's not necessarily heard of these days, which is what you're talking about, it, it being a refreshing approach to the whole weight loss and everything. And it's more of a listening to your body type approach where you kind of get in tune with what's going on internally because our bodies, they communicate with us constantly. Like if you, if you look at an analogy, if you look at you're driving your car and then your check engine warning light comes on, that's the, that's your car's way. That's your car's mechanism. Your it's communication to you. Hey, Hey, owner of car. Hey boss, you need to take me to the mechanic because something's off. So you take it to the mechanic, they fix the problem, solve all good. Right. Our body is the same thing. There's no difference. We get these symptoms, right? We get inflammation, we get pain, we get this, that, you know, we know something's off. That's our body's way of saying, hey, boss, I need your attention yeah. now. I need you to, you know, make some changes here, modifications to your diet, lifestyle. I need you to look at these emotions coming up, these thoughts going on, and then work. God, that is an awesome way to look at it. Like, that's a check engine light coming on. Like, exactly. when you get, like, uh, you know, you feel bad or you get winded, that's a, hey, Warning, warning. Well, like, pay attention to the bigger machine. And what the conventional wisdom will tell you to do is take some like electrical tape and just put it over the warning. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, like, yeah, I, yeah. Like some duct tape, WD-40, and yeah. you got it all up, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I've done before. Like, oh, I'll just cover up the check engine light, then everything's fine. <laughs> right. As long as I can't see it. it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Yeah, it's like if you're on E, just cover up the gas gauge and just keep driving. Who cares? I mean, you can't see it. You won't have gas. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then we're wondering, well, why does my car not go anymore? Why am I stuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like and, yeah, and being like flabbergasted as to why, yeah, wait, why you're. Well, wait, wait a minute! I thought I was in good health. Well, why is the car? I didn't have any. I didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Like, how did I get in this truck? In this truck stop. Sorry, Rick. That was a that was a joke. That was bad. Okay. Okay. Well, there. Okay. So there are a few things that I know that you're you're particularly passionate about. So let's just get to as many of these as we can in the time we have left. So I like this concept that that the scale, you know, and that's that's the thing that is really hard to get people to do is to stop worrying about your. The only time, in my opinion, that weight matters is like if you're a wrestler or a or a. You know, like a boxer, boxer. and you need yeah, to like right. c- come underweight or something. Like, that, other than that, I mean, I guess like it can be sort of a more global look. Like, yeah, if you weigh, if you're if you're six foot, if you weigh 180 pounds, you're probably you know not every time, but for the most part, you're probably better health if you're at 180 than if you're at 680, right? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some use to it there but as far as like people like checking every day every morning or every week and like just obsessing over it so what why is why is obsessing overweight a, a bad thing because your scare your scale is a liar and a thief it yeah. will steal your happiness <laughs> it steals your happiness because exactly what you said we obsess over it we check it oh did i lose any weight today am i lighter am i heavier and then so we we get all excited oh i lost two pounds we get all excited. We're all happy and it's all good, right? But if we gain two pounds, oh, man, we beat ourselves up right. to no end. And it never ends. And it starts a, a whole cycle of of uh, just, you know, 
of um, guilt and all this stuff. Well, why am I not farther along in my health journey? Why why am I stuck at this plateau? What is going on here? So that's yeah, why that I is so true. Like when I, when I was a regular yeah. warrior, like uh, years and years ago, you're right. I, when I was down two pounds, I'd be like, yes, I'm on the right track. I can have right. a cake today. Ar- arbitrarily up two pounds the next day. And I didn't take that in stride by saying, that's oh, so, a you know, gravitational number. My body's a gravitational pull. It could be water. It could be whatever. I got like it. I got derailed. I would be depressed about it. I would yeah. say, you know what? F yep. this. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm working too hard to not, you know, lose any weight. And I'd go have some chicken wings or something. And kind yeah, of the exactly. same way you say the scale is a liar and a thief. I like to phrase it a bit more vulgarly and with more vulgarity and say the scale is a fickle female dog. Like uh, I won't yeah. use it anymore. It it has right. the scale has sabotaged more people's attempts to get healthy than uh, any tool on planet Earth, I don't think, besides the Oreo cookie. Uh, it <laughs> right, screws yeah. your mind so hard that if all your that the only thing you want to see is progress on that scale. At the lowest I, I ever weighed, I was about 15, maybe 20 pounds lighter than I am now, uh, but I wasn't paying attention to body composition. I wasn't paying attention to anything else except that number on the scale. And Man, it's just such a – yeah, I guess you can use the weight as, like in context among other data to see how you're doing. But if that's the only number you're, you're, you're looking at, gosh, you're just – you're setting mm-hmm. yourself up for failure. Man. I, I would love to go back exactly. in time kind of like uh, when we would talk to Rick the Caveman in early shows and ask one of our ancestors like, hey, how much you weigh? And watch their face. Just be like, Huh? Like what, what does that mean? What, what, yeah, what are you I, talking I, I, about? I don't know. A, a million right? billion pounds? How, how should I know? <laughs> yeah, like that was that had well, nothing to do with their health. Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't they don't have this thing that we stand on or, or look at. And now that we have the the digital ones, and and a lot of the time the digital ones aren't even accurate. You know, you get on them and you get on them two two minutes later, and it's like, okay, what the hell is this? You know, what, yeah. what I've done that game before. Script. I've get, gotten on the scale and not seen any like, oh god, it's the same number as it was three days ago. And then I get off, and then I like get back on, and then it's a slightly yeah. different number. But like, if I'm huh? obsessing about one to two pounds, You're like, like yes. it logically, it was like, oh, and now I'm one pound or half a pound lighter yeah. than I was seven minutes ago. Who like like that's actual progress. Well, like it, I have achieved something in thirty minutes. Anybody And now that, you worship the scale because of that. Exactly. It, yeah. <laughs> it, anybody that has worshipped the scale or as Rick said, has been a, a weigher. Is that what you said? How did you put that? Like a like a chronic weigher has yeah, done this. Has done this. Has weighed, has taken a dump and then yep. weighed again. Oh and yeah, I started <laughs> scheduling my weekly I scale back, scale back to weighing myself only once a week, but I would make sure I did first thing in the morning and I would make sure that I would do it after uh, taking a dump so that I would be the lightest I could possibly be like I'm some kind of Olympic boxer or yeah. an MMA fighter that I'm trying to get underweight. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Rick, you learn how to outsmart that scale. Oh yep. yes. Absolutely you do. A hundred percent. You stop drinking water the day before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all kinds of things like that. You uh, drink a lot of coffee because it'll help you piss all of that out. Yeah, absolutely. You learn how to manipulate that number. Like that's the only number that, that matters. matters. It's yeah. not. And and it's funny. We talked about this. I'm about maybe 15 ish pounds heavier than I was at my lightest weight. My waist is the same size now, which tells me logically that I have uh, transformed at least somewhat my body composition. Mm. If I'm weighing. Uh, a pretty significant amount. 15 pounds is a lot of pounds, but if my waist is the same size, then 
how am I yeah. carrying that body weight? Well, that, I used to be very, that is, that is I used so to be very sk- skinny fat, uh, four or five years ago. Like I was skinny, I was little, but I was flabby. Like I didn't have a lot of muscle mass. So yeah. The other thing is like, okay, Rick, how much is your, uh, is your car weigh? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, does, <laughs> does that have any bearing on like how good your car runs? Like, well, I'll say this: my car weighs a little bit less since I like drive down the street in my thirteen-year-old car, and like parts will fall off, so it actually weighs less and less every day. So, <laughs> yeah, that that'd be one thing. If you're so obsessed with losing weight, like you're just like, ah, I'm just gonna lose half a pound, you go like chop off your index finger or something. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, oh, so gosh, Michael, let's brutal. let's get into some of the specifics. So, how do you go from Okay, this whole changing where you can, you know, under these definitions, if you change, you can you can change back, right? But but uh, transforming, as we as we said, like is where you you don't change back. So how do you go from kind of this, like as you put it, these confines of just the, the change trap into the the transformative uh, area? It is completely aligned with this show and it's just being human and allowing yourself to be human. That's basically what it's all about. And actually accepting and loving that about yourself because I mean, how many, we beat ourselves up constantly and we, we, we go in these tangents in our head about how we're, we're stupid, we're fat, we're ugly, we're not, we're not acceptable, we're inadequate. And it's like, really, do you really believe those conversations in your head? And those kind, those kind of conversations make you want to change everything about yourself. I got to change this. I got to change that. People don't like me. I, 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 I'm this. I'm that. Right. But when we get past that and we shift our awareness and consciousness towards the transformational aspect of it, then we can say, "Well, what what works right now in my life? What works in my health?" And then when we acknowledge that and actually appreciate that then we can say, okay, well, I want to create more of what works and what then focusing on, well, this doesn't work. I'm 20, 30 pounds overweight. I want to gain muscle. I want to stop eating fast food. I want to stop eating processed food. When we focus on those things, then we're not living in that same, same mentality. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and I, uh, I'm co-hosting the JASA podcast because Sarah's in, you know, like, uh, Thailand or Bangkok or something, one of those places. She's and, in uh, Vietnam, Mark. Are you sure? Yes, she posted some pictures today. I'm pretty sure on she Facebook. was in uh, Thailand, Thai cock. Thailand, uh, Bang. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Don't bleep that out, yeah. though, but I can't say the female dog word without you getting on my case. <laughs> uh, so, what we talked about last week was, you know, this whole idea of like, if you don't like, know who you are and own can like own who you are then there's like no change or or anything that you make is going to lead to any sort of transformation so like you know just know yourself if you're the kind of person that really likes video games you really you don't mind being overweight you you know just like quit stressing about it and just own it just be that exactly. person like it doesn't have you don't have to have this like battle just constant battle between you know who you think you want to be and who you actually are just like be honest with yourself and you know but if you really want to get healthy then then be healthy but if you're like oh you know i'd much rather just sit on the couch and eat cheetos that's fine you're not gonna go to prison for that you know exactly well and listen i understand that our show is very like female centric for the most part Mm. i think the vast majority of our listeners are probably women and uh, same thing with the Josephit podcast yeah. and some, you know, same thing with a lot of these same podcasts in the same genre. And so I see a lot of women having conversations uh, on social media about this saying, you know, 
but we need to heal ourselves psychologically. Don't assign your, your self-worth to your body image. Hey, listen, that's something that men go through very much so as well. Oh, man, uh, you are, who's, you've nailed it perfectly. I love and, that. And Mark may not – Mark was fat when he was 12 for like five seconds. Shut and up. Then, uh, got unfat <laughs> and has been like super fit his whole life. But like people like you, Michael, who have gone through a period of uh, – where they were not healthy at all. I have struggled with obesity my whole life. Uh, maybe not like super obesity, but I've always been referred to as husky or uh, portly until like uh, in the last few years. Uh, absolutely. You assign uh, because society tells you that skinny people are, are smarter, are more attractive, are better people. You uh, not only is it just about you know your health and you're carrying around extra excess body fat, which isn't healthy. That destroys your inner psyche as well. You think you are a really crappy person. Mm -hmm. uh, you think you're not worth uh, – I see a lot of this from, from women, especially in the Vinny Tordich Facebook group. You self-sabotage uh, your, your efforts to get better because you think you're not worth it because you've had years and years and years of broken psychology uh, with, uh, assigning your personal worth uh, in, uh, in accordance with your, your fitness level. And I think that's what kind of you started talking about a little bit, that you have to heal that and know that just because I am not healthy doesn't mean I'm not a valid person, a good person. Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm worth uh, you know, taking care of myself. Exactly. And, and to go even further into that, Rick, what you're saying, women I think have, because they're the childbearers, they have a connection to the – the intuitive awareness of their body more than men do, generally speaking. Now, that's not always the case, but generally speaking, because of that, because they have the experience that we can never have of giving birth to a child, they know how the body works more than men do. And that's why, in my opinion, my description or my, um, my logical explanation as to why there's more women into this, this genre, this, this conversation that we're having. But a lot of the work that I do, I'm actually – trying to gear towards getting men more in touch with that side because we have that. We actually have the capability to tap into that same intuitive awareness of our body. And it's pretty awesome. And, and the thing that you were talking about also is of the conditioning that we've, uh, we've experienced. You know, we experienced it growing up through the 80s and 90s. You know, being in, in the 30s, me speaking personally of – when a man wants to express his emotions, you're almost like you're almost like labeled gay or something like that. It's like ridiculous. It's like I deal with that a lot because are you serious? I you probably know. didn't know this about. I'm a police officer, and I also am uh, specializing kind of in mental health. And that's not just mental health of our people that live in the city, but that's mental health of officers. And a lot of that is in touch. How, how do these things affect me emotionally? Mm -hmm. And man, a lot of looks from people I work with. They're like, oh, oh, oh Billy wants to go hug it out with everybody. But like being aware of how your brain, how like prioritizing your mental health doesn't make you a sissy. It makes you smarter. It makes you strong. It makes yes, you a strong really dude. Like, I you know? know exactly how I am doing. Uh, and there's, I say exactly. I work on it every day, but I'm fully aware 
how uh, life's things affect me, and I can tell you on a day-to-day, like, hey, out of 1 to 10, how am I feeling today? I'm um, like a 6, kind of a bad day. Or I'm like, hey, this is a great day. If you're not aware of those things, then that's just exactly the same as wandering around with a fasting blood sugar of like 190. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just as unhealthy. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's toxic. Those, those kind of pent-up emotions are very toxic because yeah. when we actually are able to process emotions – and, and I mean process, like for real process, like, you know how many men out there, macho men that won't, that will say, oh, I'll never cry. I'm not going to cry. And crying would probably be the best me- medicine that they could possibly have for their body. I, man, I, there's been, I, I lost five people in my life. And that's actually one of the inspirations that I had to write my book. I lost five family members in a short period of time. And I'll tell you what, I cried my eyes out and I cried nonstop sometimes. And it was incredibly healing, not only for my body, but for my soul. And I think that the more men that get into it, get in touch with what is going on and processing their emotions, there can be some incredible healing that gets pushed forward. And, you know, it's just, all this stuff that we hold on to, it's just crazy. And we're conditioned to think that, oh, I'm a man. I'm not supposed to cry. I'm not supposed to, to um, show my emotion like that. You know, and, yeah. and especially when you think about what do women want the most from a, from a man? A they big want you to communicate with emotion. them. They want, they want communication, you know? Right. Um, yeah, you know, hey, I can leave the theater during The Revenant, during the bear scene. That's okay. <laughs> okay? That's fine with me. That's, I'm, I, <laughs> well, hey, one, one more thing, and then, uh, and then Michael, we're, we're running up on time. We need to ask you a couple last questions here. But one last thing on crying is it actually releases dopamine when you cry. So there's like this sort of... That's why, like you said, it's sort of healing because it's there are other hormones that are that are released uh, when you cry. It's like how people say, like you feel good after a good cry. Yeah, I guess that's probably. I'll why. tell you what, crying releases anger for men. Yeah, that's very that's very powerful right there. That statement alone will. Hmm. And if you're a man listening to this, you got to understand that because it really, it it works, man. It's like it's incredibly healing. Just think about something that has happened that you're holding on to that you're probably pissed off or angry about that you're, you know, you have all this stuff that you're holding on to the pre in the present from the past. If you just process it and maybe just cry on someone's shoulder, man, that is incredibly healing. And it's crazy that I can actually say this now and not have people think that it's crazy or weird or yeah. woo woo because before maybe five, 10, 15 years ago, it would have been like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, I, I want to see every man in a traffic jam crying in the <laughs> <laughs> oh god I get it it's just, just a so legion of men just wandering around like zombies <laughs> crying oh man alright well Michael it's been so long <laughs> like their, their clothes are like ripped off like they're like sackcloth and ashes like from the Bible time yeah alright so Hulk Hogan style yeah yeah <laughs> look brother I gotta cry my, my dress do-rag on record <laughs> alright Michael real quick before we ask you the last question that we ask every new guest uh, where can people find you? I know your website is uh, transformative-nutrition.com, but what are what are your social media? Tell us where. Uh, and where I you, want your book. Tell us about that. Yeah, too. my book is amazing because it is everything I've talked about today and like one hundred thousand times done some. Because that's why I it, want it. Yeah, it, it. I infused everything that I went through in that journey, and I have all the love in my heart behind every word in that book. There is not a word in there that's not infused with the love and the inspiration 
and the in, the encouragement and the courage that I'm trying to instill in people to to follow their dreams, reach their health goals, and be the best version of themselves possible. So that book the book is found on my website. The best that's the best place you can find it, which is transformative-nutrition.com. And if you click on connect, uh, you can link up with me on uh, Facebook. Okay, cool. Which is a uh, forward slash transformative nutrition. Twitter at transformative n. Um, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as my name, Michael Tamez. I'm on uh, Pinterest as Transformative Nutrition as well. So, I mean, you can follow me anywhere awesome. on my website. And I have an amazing newsletter where I have free articles, uh, recipe ideas, all kinds of all kinds of good stuff. Giveaways sometimes. Cool. Yeah. So check him out. And now for the last question: What is something that you enjoy about life, or one thing you do to make life more enjoyable? The biggest thing that I enjoy about life is that life itself is our greatest teacher. And that is, man, that, that right there, that concept alone really hits at home for a lot of people because I don't think people, people go, go on, you know, go to um, institutions and, and get formal educations and that's wonderful. But when's the last time you really tapped into what you've learned in your life? What, is, what, what has life taught you that you can take away from that and then impart your wisdom and other people and share it and it impact someone's life. Yeah. That is that is my biggest inspiration right there because I've learned so much out of the crap that I've been through. Exploitative deleted right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I deleted it for you by saying crap. Thank you. I have, I have to delete that. This is a family You're show. You're very welcome. Just kidding. So <laughs> all the stuff that I've been through, it, it has it has enabled me to share this incredible amount of stuff. And, and I like, that is my motivation to keep on doing what I'm doing and having this conversation on shows like this and spreading my knowledge and wisdom with people, because I want people to experience not only the highest version of their health, but an area of every area of their life. I want them to experience that. And if you check out my book, transformative nutrition, the ultimate guide to healthy and balanced living, I give you the tools to actually tap into how you can make that happen, what the, ste- the steps you need to take to get to that place in your life and your health. Powerful awesome. stuff. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on. Check him out. Buy this book. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad we made this connection. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can have you back on at some point in the future. Thanks for joining us. I would totally love to be back on. It was a, it was a, I had a wonderful time. Yes, we need to definitely do this again. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Michael. Uh, go check his stuff out. Uh, that was uh, a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed it, doing that. This is, it's We're going to have him on again soon yeah. because we only scratched the surface. Yeah. With especially some of that, like uh, the, the other things about fitness, like the, the uh, emotional side of things. Yeah. And for almost an entire podcast on that, go listen to last week's JASA podcast. Jason and I basically spent an hour talking about the psychology of stuff. Quickly, uh, donation thank yous. Jason Richmond, Larissa Gregorin. uh, Mm -hmm. Is that like from Game of Thrones? Sorry for apologies in advance for Mark screwing your name up. Yes. Thank you for your donations. We, I ordered the Primal Professional dress shoes (laughs) in the fall of 2014. 
So this is going to be... Man, a, this, that was a different day and age. This isn't going to be a ringing endorsement, but it will be an endorsement. That's all I'm okay. going to say. Okay? They have been on... They, like We've had them as an affiliate link. I, I don't even think I had it up anymore just because it was like... It was taking so long. It's been a year and a half... And they, you know, I, I bought them with the with the idea that they were going to come in the spring. Well, then the spring, they said, no, it's going to be the fall. Within the fall, they said it was going to be later in the fall. And then it was, so it's just like, uh, you know, I was like, am I ever going to get these shoes? I got them. Okay. And they are, as long as I had to wait to get them, which was kind of frustrating, I'll be honest. They're awesome. They're amazing. Well, and I would imagine, too, that, that there's a chance that when you ordered, they may have had, like, been a bit overwhelmed with their for their production you know, uh, uh, capabilities. Yeah. And so maybe that's something that they're working on yeah. rapidly to yeah. increase production. But I would be more worried if the quality wasn't good. Oh my the quality's good. They, okay. They each came. It's like, just like if you buy like super expensive dress shoes, which you've probably never done. Cause you know, I have not. Yeah. So they each come in their own little bag. They had the, like the little flexible wooden things in there that you stick in. I don't even know what the, <laughs> what, what those are called. I don't know. Keep talking. The shoe, the shoe filler things. They're, they come with instructions, and they feel really good. And I feel like I'm wearing Chucks, but I'm wearing like these nice Oxfords. Like it's, I've worn them every day since I've gotten them, and oh, I I love so, them. So, as a simply human endorsement, maybe before you buy them, reach out to them at the website and ask, hey, how long yeah. before I get these? Because maybe I, I would assume. Those are growing pain type of like, uh, you know, oh, it takes a really long time to make them because we had way more orders than yeah. we thought. So maybe reach out to them first. But you can buy them through our website, right? Yes. Yeah. And yes. I, and I, by the, by the time this airs, I will have put that affiliate link back on our store tab. So okay. go And then, go by the way, there are lots of interesting things on our store tab that uh, we uh, wholeheartedly endorse to living a more human life. Uh, different kinds of supplements. I know like uh, Jonathan Baylor's uh, stuff that he was talking about. Yeah. We had him on the show not too long ago. Uh, those things are on there. Uh, vitamins uh, from the Calton, Calton Nutrition, those are on there. Uh, lots and lots and lots of different awesome things that we've talked about many times in the show. Do yourself a favor and go through those uh, and go through our website to uh, to buy those because, hey, that we get a little taste of that. That helps offset some of the cost of this. Uh, of, of, of the website and the web hosting and all that stuff. So uh, go to the simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash store. Yep. Slash store. There and, it is. Uh, go and you can do stuff there. And now, here's Mel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mel uh, recently on the show uh, telling the resilient prankster story. She has another story and it involves... Uh, a mouse penis? <laughs> did I did I mix that up with another story? That's not exactly correct. No, hmm. no. Maybe I mixed up your story with oh, Lonnie's story. Odds. Mark has animal penises on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I think I might have uh, mixed your story with Lonnie's suggested story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lonnie was talking. Was texting uh, Mark and I earlier today, or Facebook messaging us, saying, "Hey, I got some great stories about." Penises, if you want them. Like, yeah. Oh, well, that sounds great. Penis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what you got for us today? So, um, I have a story about a mouse in the house. Oh, okay. I have a mouse story as well that I could. Is I it could about follow. a mouse penis, Mark? Uh, this mouse may or may not have had one. I couldn't check, and I'll tell you why after Mel tells her story. Okay. Perfect. Well, 
this story is really, really old story, so I may mess up the details, but nobody should know whether I did or didn't, so I'm just going to continue. But it was really in my, like, early 20s. I was married, and um, it was just the two of us, but we had this dog, and his name was Duffy, and he was a rat terrier. And, oh, man, that dog was a hunter. That guy would love to, like, if you took him into the woods or anywhere, that, that dog could find any sort of rodent or ground rodent. And he always thought it was, like, you know, a special prize that he would bring to us. And he'd show it to us, you know, and, like, this poor little half-dead animal at our feet. And he'd eventually kill them. But he was <laughs> he was quite the hunter. So, anyways, um, Duffy had been, like, really, like, hunting, like, those hunting behaviors, but like in the house, like trying to get into cabinets and like, you know, crying and his hair sticking up and stuff like that. So like my, um, my husband and I were talking like, man, there must be a mouse in the house. And we hadn't really seen any signs of it or anything like that, but, um, we kind of started looking around, but anyway, so one day, and remember it was the weekend and for whatever reason, um, I had decided to take a shower like in the afternoon. So I remember it was daylight. So I totally remember that. But anyway, so I'm in the shower and like back then I had like this really long, super, super long hair and like I'm in the shower, like washing my hair, like full on whatever, doing my thing. And all of a sudden, okay, something you have to know about me. I hate when you like try to yell or talk to me from a different room. Like, oh yeah. man, my wife does that nonstop. And I'm like, hey, listen, uh, walk in here. It's terrible. And I'm like 11 levels of sheetrock away from you. I can't <laughs> hear you. <laughs> exactly. And she'll just be talking like I'm in the room and I hear like a whisper sound. I'm do like, you ever, Rick, do you ever just like ignore her on purpose knowing that she's talking to you? She's like, oh, I can't hear yep, you. No, absolutely. I'm just going to ignore I, you on purpose. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm out of the room. I am not liable for that instruction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not liable. <laughs> <laughs> well played yeah so i hate that that is you will get me so mad if you do that like exactly just come into the room like if you have if you want to have a conversation like come in here and let's talk whatever anyways so i'm in the shower and i hear my husband and he's like mel mel like <laughs> are you naked <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i was expecting but this is more like frantic <laughs> he's like screaming at the top of his lungs and he's like sounds like something's like scary is happening or whatever and so like i'll be honest oh. i was i was a little angry so the first thing i did was i screamed what like like really, really loud like, yeah 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 think white trash and stuff like i was oh, yeah. pretty mad okay but anyway huh. he's like he starts screaming come here oh my gosh come here whatever so I'm thinking there's like some sort of emergency, whatever, house is burning down, I don't know. Grab my towel, I go running down the hall, like as quick as I can as I'm like throwing my towel around me, like dripping, like soaking wet, because all this hair is wet. I make it to the living room and I see oh, my big giant, he, he was a huge man, big giant football player sized husband is back to me, by the way, <laughs> is like in front of the refrigerator and I can see Duffy in the kitchen, I can just see around the corner to see the dog and he's got like hair standing all up his back now your husband I, or the dog <laughs> <laughs> i was the just dog. like uh, i can make this joke right now but then mark took it away from me <laughs> um yes duffy the dog okay so he was in hunt mode right, right. mind you my husband has not looked at me at all N nothing he's like 
so focused or and, whatever. So and like the prime man would be like in the heat of like the mouse battle, turns around, seeing like his wife in a towel, and he's like, "Hey, uh, what's up?" <laughs> like forgetting the what Hang the on, let's test. Put this mouse uh, situation on hold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to drop that towel. Yeah. I just well, had a water buffalo outside. I need your towel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so anyways, so um. So he never looks at me, not even one time, but he can hear, he knows I'm in the room because I've just come running in the room and he's like pointing directions, like not <laughs> looking at me. He's like so intense. Okay. I'm going to pull the fridge this way. And then, you know, Duffy, let, we'll let Duffy get back there. But if the mouse comes running towards you, stop it. And by then, <sighs> yeah. I, I just, oh, mouse in the name <laughs> of the law. <laughs> Right. And that's exactly what I was thinking. And he, I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, like you pulled me out of the shower for this. Like, are you, are you kidding me? What am I going to do? You know, but I didn't say anything cause they're like into it. So I'm standing there. And so now I basically like put, I'm basically in the front window of the living room. Oh geez. Yeah. Dripping wet. <laughs> in a towel. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm, I know I'm standing there annoyed, so I'm kind of like weight is on one hip as I'm like kind of like glaring at these two doing their thing. This is like a with, your, with your rolling pin in the other hand, just tapping it in your open right. hand. This is like a yeah, Def exactly. Leppard music video. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny goes, okay, ready? One, two, three. And he pulls the fridge. The dog goes diving back there. And of course you hear like scuffling and wee, 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 what, wee, all this stuff. Wee. Yeah, this whole thing. So I'm kind of like, okay, so I'm watching now. Next thing I know, this rodent, not a mouse, comes running out of from behind the refrigerator. It's a friggin' rat. Oh, jeez. And it's a huge... It was like a lemur. <laughs> a rodent of unusual size from the Princess Bride. Rat. No one knows. Rick's never seen nope. it. Nope, sorry. So. Oh, okay, right. Anyways, so gigantic rat. And this thing is like barreling at me oh, like gosh. full speed and fires coming out of its mouth <laughs> so i'm standing there like holding like my towel like wide-eyed staring at this rat that is just absolutely coming straight for me it's not veering i'm waiting for it to veer and it is absolutely not <laughs> it's kamikaze so you. Thing. yeah <laughs> i do the only logical thing and i drop my towel right in front of my feet obviously to protect your to, to protect your feet of course Obviously, but I'm trying to stop it so I don't move. So this thing goes flying under the towel. Oh. It goes over my foot. The second oh. I feel it, like flying, like screaming arms and legs. All oh, this is all in my front living room, oh right gosh. in the window. Like, Which is the last thing you're thinking about everywhere. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> all the, there's a group of eight-year-old boys <laughs> standing there playing. <laughs> oh, paper ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> You'll never be the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part was is that we lived on a busy highway, so oh. I don't, I can't even imagine how many of my neighbors or drivers by. You were saw. like that lady dancing naked in Houston on the top of her semi truck. <laughs> Somewhere on a parallel podcast, there's someone right now telling their human yes. human stories, like, yeah. So I'm like going door to door, right, asking for like donations, and I like <laughs> knock on the door, see if anybody's got this clothing donation, and this lady is like dancing around naked <laughs> in her house. It was awesome. <laughs> Well, Rick, it's this crazy because the show that came out, we're recording this on a Tuesday, the show that came out yesterday, Christina's Humans Being Human story was about her like basically exposing herself unintentionally to the pizza guy. And we were, oh, man, and I we, love this show well, all of a sudden. We were, and we were talking about how that pizza guy probably tells that story all the time. So if anyone did see you, like you know that's like the top of their list. 
if yeah. and, and, and I know we're, we'll probably never be there, but if somehow something happens and we end up making it like so gigantically huge, we're like Adam Carolla big in the podcast game. We're like Mark Marin. If you're one of these people that saw Naked Mel dancing around in our oh, house, man. please uh, call us. Please email us. We'd like to get you on the show uh, to get your perspective. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's awesome. So what happened? Yeah. Did you get it? Did you get the mouse? Well, like, yes. Then, of course, my big giant husband throws me against the side. Ooh. As now, that you're, by. now that your towel is dropped, he throws you up against the, the wall. I think and, we're uh, uh, getting like steamy <laughs> novel here that you might at the grocery store territory. <laughs> That I find in my grandmother's I wish that collection. Where his head was at, but no, he was full on hunting, so there was nothing to do with me. Yeah. It was just getting me out of the way. Yeah. So yeah, he got me out of the way. The rat ran behind the couch. My husband moved the couch, and the dog got it. I, the dog got it. Yeah. There's a this little bit of squeaking, and then it was over. A little time travel talk here. I'm actually not going to tell my mouse story because I I have already told it in the intro of the show, which we haven't recorded yet. But it is a very... So you're saying right now what we're going to do is after we're done with Mel, you're going to record and in crosstalk you'll tell your mouse. Yes. yeah. About mouse penises. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But Rick, uh, just real quick, because we're right at 10 minutes. Have you ever, like, what is your method of murdering uh, a rodent that you catch in your house? Well, funny story. I've never caught one in my house. But Lonnie says that every house has mice. Yes. Every single house in the world. So, hey, whatever. But, like, uh, one time when I was a kid... I, I wasn't super young. I was probably like 16, 17, maybe 18. Uh, my dad was gone. I don't know why. He was just out of the house for some reason, shopping or whatever. And uh, we had a border collie, and my mom just shrieks one day from out in the back patio, and I go out there to see what the deal is, and this dog has caught a giant – I don't know if it's a rouse or mat, or a mouse or rat. I don't know which one it was, but this thing is like was three it Bill? quarters – No, no. It definitely wasn't Bill. <laughs> Bill was laying there completely still for like three years, crapping in the floor. It was the other dog. Uh, it, it was our uh, our dog we got after Bill. Uh, uh, his name is Buddy. And this this mouse or rat was three quarters dead, but wasn't all the way dead. And my oh. mom's like, we got to do something about it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I could have like stomped its head, but that seems horrible. Yes. Like, I don't want to do that. So I went, and I know where my dad keeps his guns, and I got out a gun, a pistol, and I know I'm at the point I'm still educated about firearms, so I know how to use it. So I rack one in the chamber, and it was a forty-five. Oh my gosh! Get like disintegrated. And I, I'm like, okay, if I shoot this thing, I'm looking at it. It's gonna spatter like mouse blood all over me. So I point it and get it aimed up, and I turn my head and pull the trigger. Kapow! And I look down at the ground, and there's a crater, and there's no mouth. <laughs> this thing, this round is like completely abl- like vaporized from this distance, this rodent or whatever. So it was not quick. The last uh, thing that went to this mouse's head was a 45 bullet. caliber round. Wow. All right. Well, Mel. Well, Mel. <laughs> um that's all we have time for thank you for uh, doing this Uh, a little bit of short notice about a day's notice but uh, this has been great Uh, thank you for joining us on another edition of Humans Being Human thank you guys All right, thank you Mel Um, that was funny we had lots of mouse death on the show today Very um, mouse-centric uh, program we have today. Yeah. If you're a PETA person, sorry, don't just save it. It's, a mouse. it's literally. I'm just gonna. I, I doubt that anyone would take the time to email us and say how gruesome. You know, they were turned off by mouse death talk on the show twice. But if you're thinking of firing up the uh, pulling down the keyboard from the top top part of the closet and firing off an angry letter to us, just save it. I'm just gonna delete it. Yeah. So. 
It is, it is now time. I still love you, though. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you say something bad about our show, then he will hate you forever. That uh, was really awesome. <laughs> I was going through reviews the other day, and I saw that one. I was like, yeah, that lady. <laughs> All right. It's now time for the tip of the week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this one... Um, we're gonna get. It's, it's kind of a two part deal, and they're not gonna be related. So I like I like having sort of a study that we discuss just briefly, and then I'll have like I have a kind of a separate tip. Hmm. Okay. So there's a study showing, and this is uh, they've been a lot of studies about this, but I just think it's interesting. It's it, the the headline is uh, social groups vital for retirees to live long and prosper. Study suggests so researchers looked at the social habits of 424 Britons. Hey, eh? crikey, crikey. Chimney Throw sweet, governor. Shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> so, uh, Good day, mate. Here's, here's one word sends us into a complete free for all on our accents. Uh, Britons. Okay, so they looked at 424 of those people transitioning into retirement. Here's what they found: older adults who belong to two groups or clubs. Before, like a barbershop chorus, just to throw in a random example out there. Uh, <laughs> before they retired, had a 2% risk of death in the first six years of retirement. The risk increased to 5% if they lost one group membership. If participants dropped both groups, that mortality risk jumped to 12%. And for every group membership lost in the year after retirement, participants reported a 10% decline in quality of life six years later. Hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to... like. And and like I always say, like if if there's there's certain things that will happen to you know people like okay like if uh, if a woman loses her reproductive cycle, that's there's a, that's a that's a warning check engine light right. Men okay. don't have that particular check engine light, but the same thing like there are just, that's not to say that the same types of behaviors that cause the reproductive cycle to stop in women are like okay for men to do. We just don't have the check engine light in that way, right? Right. So it's like if it's if it's something that's bad for elderly people, you know, like they're just they may just be more sensitive to it, and it's easier to to gauge mortality with older people. But I think those same kind of things are good or bad for the population of humans as a whole. Is that does that, does that make sense? What I'm saying. Yes, okay. I believe it does. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you uh, want your old relatives to die so you can have their money, then take them out of all of their uh, <laughs> their social groups. Yeah. So so what I'm trying what I was trying to say was like so social groups are good for us too, like the non elderly, right? Yes. So it's good to be involved with stuff. It's good whether it's a, I don't know a church or a bike club or a, a book club or if you're in prison. Um, if, uh, <laughs> yeah, book club. If, Oprah's book club yeah. being in prison. <laughs> if uh, you know you're in a group or you're in a I don't know what's another group you could a be in a criminal street gang yeah well, well yeah anything you're well, in the coronets yeah. the sharks versus the jets over you have your red satin jacket yeah and your uh, white t-shirt yeah. with your tight jeans and you know like I I almost wouldn't count I'm sure you have some of the benefits with like social media as you do with like actual social interaction yeah but, but there's a lot of jacked up stuff about social yeah, media too though. but I don't count that like if you're like well I'm in this uh, closed group in Facebook and I'm in the alt shift group and I'm in the such and such for such and such group like that doesn't count like if you want you have to have to for it to count uh, for the simply human uh, score sheet you need to be in front of people so there's a human being yes yeah so there's the the look at the study the actual sort of tip is Invest your money in things that will make you healthier, and so and I and I talked to Jason about this on on the last Jossie podcast too. Is like because I was talking to him about I bought a mountain bike, 
right? And so I, you know, and the thing is like, you get what you pay for. Uh, so you can actually, if you're going to learn to play the piano or you're going to play, learn to play the guitar, like don't just buy like a $10 piece of junk from the store. Cause you're not going to like enjoy it enough for it to be a sustainable activity. Like if you want to some, something that's going to, you're going to enjoy life or, you know, if you, if you spend a little more money on your workout clothes or something, if that's going to motivate you to like, if you're going to feel good in your workout clothes or whatever it is, like, uh, we were joking that I, you know, I spend a lot, I buy a lot of shoes, you know, I, that's cause that's, I feel like that's a very functional, important part of my daily life. Cause I'm on my feet a lot. So I want to have different options. I want to have, uh, you know, I feel like that's not just buying like jewelry or something like there's functionality to shoes. And like, I bought this bike because it's going to, it's going to, you know, sort of promote outdoor activity and moving and enjoying life and spending time with my family on bike rides and things like that. So the tip of the week is if you're going to like invest your money in stuff that's going to make you healthier and not necessarily just on like fashion or like a game system or something that's going to promote non-human behaviors. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think we talked about this quite a few episodes ago about, uh, the attitude of having uh, a healthy lifestyle is not just when you sit down at the dinner table and it's not just when you go to sleep and it's not just when you go to the gym. It literally needs to – you need to be seeing how those things fit into all aspects of your life, uh, not just eating and moving and, and stuff like that. So I think that goes along with that. You're more likely if uh, to have a – I guess like a more encompassing outlook, healthy outlook if those are things that, hey, I'm going to – I'm going to buy this mountain bike or whatever. You know, does that make sense? You're not just buying a piece of equipment. This is for me to exercise on, but you're buying that as a hobby. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I didn't buy it to like burn calories. Right. Which is like, that's why you buy like an elliptical machine for your, for your workout room at home. It's like, Oh, I got to burn calories. Like you don't buy an elliptical machine to put in your, in your home gym for enjoyment purposes. Right. Right. But like, sp- like spend a little extra money on a really good pair of walking shoes and some really comfortable pants or something that you're going to feel comfortable walking in. It's probably going to be a lot cheaper than the elliptical and it's yeah. going to get you outside. It's going to, it's going to promote healthy behavior. So absolutely, there's the tip. Hmm. What's that noise? I don't know. Uh, all right. That is going to do it. Thank you for listening. Okay. We've got so much cool stuff. Jenny LeBaugh, who is a very famous CrossFit athlete, she was one of the original like um, like women's superstars in the sport. She was at the Joshua Retreat. She's been at the Joshua Retreat the last two years. And she is really a, a fan of my wife's, really. that's Anyone that's my friend is more hmm. than her friend. And so... like. She has been emailing people on our behalf to get on the show. So Kelly Starrett's coming back on the show. Brian McKenzie, CrossFit Maybe Endurance. she could email the governor and get you clemency for all of your <laughs> horrific crimes you've committed. <laughs> that is something. Uh, it's in California, so she has some pull out there. Uh, you know, Brian McKenzie, CrossFit Endurance. Uh, there's a very famous gymnast that she emailed, Anna Annie Sakamoto, who's another super famous CrossFit athlete. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so she's. we're going to have a lot. Dan John, not a fake name, is going to be on the show. Super fake name. And Evan Brand is coming back on the show. Uh, Michelle Lane is going to be on the show. We, we're booked out through like the end of May, so this is really, uh, I'm really excited about. And this is coming right after a period where I was like really struggling to find to schedule people. This is yeah, like for a couple of months it open. was like you could have my neighbor on. Yeah, he owns a bicycle. <laughs> does your <laughs> does your wife want to come on and talk about? <laughs> 
<laughs> being married to you? <laughs> no? Okay. Well, okay. back well, to the drawing board. <laughs> blow up the show then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Email the show, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review on Facebook. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Go to the website. Go to the store page. Do all that stuff. And uh, I don't know. Just do it. I don't know. Where are you going with that, Mark? Just be cool. So, that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, are you naked? So, until next time, enjoy yourself.